Welcome to We55. We're your hosts. I'm Sudaya Francisco. And I'm Brielle Blackshear. This is a Princeton Alumni Corps podcast from 12 Stockton. And Princeton Alumni Corps is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to mobilize people, networks, and organizations for the public good. So, welcome back, folks. What are we talking about today, Brielle? Today, we have a very special guest um, with us, a huge alumni core supporter. He's a mentor, he's on the board, and just an overall uh, wonderful volunteer to have in our network. And we are going to be discussing taxes today. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just FYI, Alumni Corps, you know, we don't give out tax advice, but our guest, you know, is really knowledgeable on this. And I think this is going to be a really fruitful conversation for fellows and others to listen in on. Absolutely. So without further ado, we're going to turn it over to our guest so he can introduce himself. No, thank you. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about taxes. Uh, I know it's not the sexiest subject, but uh, it's something I know a little bit of bit about and hopefully I can uh, help out some the, the fellows as they uh, go into year end they're going to be thinking about doing their taxes next year. My name is Scott Taylor. I'm from the class of 75. That's many, many years ago. Um, I had the fortunate situation in, in that my mom was a bookkeeper and she taught me and my two brothers to do our own taxes when we had summer jobs in high school. Everybody, you actually everybody had to file a return to get the money back back then. It's changed a little bit now, but so early on I was exposed. I was probably a little bit lucky. Uh, the, I, the reason I think it's, it's a great opportunity to talk about taxes now, because I think for fellows, this is the first time through when there's actually some significant money involved. You may have filed taxes in the past because you had summer jobs and our campus jobs, those kinds of things. But now most of the fellows have been working for half a year and there's some significant money, big withholding that has been taken out of your checks and uh, we're a pay-as-you-go system. Uh, whereas each every two weeks you get a paycheck, but a big chunk has been taken out for taxes. Next year uh, when you get the tax forms um, from your employer and so forth, you're going to think about filing your taxes to see whether uh, uh, in, in filing taxes, a settling up process, and we're going to see who owes whom. In most cases, uh, fellows, when they file their first year, uh, are gonna, going to be in a position to expect a refund. That's the good news. So we'll talk a little bit about how we get there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. And yeah, I think it's really important that we figure out why specifically we're talking to fellows about taxes. So if you could kind of start and dive in on that and we can go from there. Well, I think that, um, as I said earlier, uh, this is the first time you've got some significant money involved. Uh, yeah, you filled out a form when you started at your employer. You filled out a form. It's called a W-4 form, whereby you claim allowances, which determines how much they take out of your check. Now, you actually have to file a form with the government, which uh, and you may have, may have other income, not just from your employer, your, your uh, Project 55 employer, but you may have done some tutoring. You may have had a summer job last year. You may have had a campus job. These all get 
add it up, and then we go through the calculation process as a, a very specific process um, in filling out a tax form uh, where you add up all your income, you take the allowable subtractions, calculate the tax, and see how much has been withheld, who owes whom. As I said, most of you will, most of the fellows will expect a refund. Um, but to get that refund, you actually have to file a tax form. And I oftentimes hear that, how, how have you done your taxes before? Uh, my mom and dad filled out the form. They sent it, they probably signed it for you, sent it off, and you, you got some money in your bank account, you know, six weeks later and so forth. But now is the real process. You, you, I think for fellows, uh, just like they're getting used to living on a budget and understanding how that works, this filing of taxes is one of those steps in um, learning how your financial life is going to work going forward. So hopefully we can help with that. Yeah, it's hashtag adulting that we've been talking about in the past few episodes. Yeah, so um, you touched on uh, the W-4 form, but what are some other basic forms that the fellow should be aware of uh, when, when going to file? Good question, good question, because what will happen is in January, uh, you're, the fellow's employers, all employers, are required to send out by January 31st a form called a W-2, W-2, which summarizes all the wages they have paid um, during the year and all the deductions they have withheld, all the Social Security, Medicare, federal tax, and state tax, city tax, anything like that. And that's going to be the most essential form for a fellow to have to uh, enter those numbers on the tax form to file uh, the taxes, uh, the, the tax returns. Um, they're also, and again, I, I caution fellows, depending on their situation, if they've had a summer job, if they had a campus job, oftentimes those, uh, the address they used was their parents' address. So your employer may hand you a W-2 form in January. You got to call your mom and dad and say, hey, did I, have I gotten any tax forms at home from this job, that job, and so forth to make sure you've got everything. So there are W-2s from your, uh, uh, which is the summary, summary of the wages your employer paid you in your Project 55 job, plus any other jobs, a campus job, summer job, anything you can think of. If uh, if uh, fellows were to have done tutoring and things like that, they may get a form 1099 from from a tutoring agency, that kind of thing, which also uh, says how much you were paid. That's going to be added into your tax return as well. Um, bank interest. If you've got more than $10 in bank interest, the bank will send you a form. you got to report that. And... Uh, if anybody is lucky enough that their great-grandmother left them a 1,000 shares of IBM stock in a brokerage account, they get some dividends, the brokerage company will send a Form 1099 with their interest and dividends on it. That has to be added in as well. That probably goes to their parents' house as well. And finally, fortunately, it's not very common for Princeton's uh, graduates, but if anybody has any student loans where they've paid student loans, each payment, there is some interest involved, and you should get a Form 1098E 
which says how much interest you paid. And the reason that that's important is because that's deduction from your income. It helps you save on taxes. So if you're in a situation and, and the company, the loan company probably won't send you a form unless you paid more than $600. So you have to kind of go to your account online and download the form. They're not going to send it to you. So those are sort of the basics. All right. Well, thank you. I mean, now that we kind of have an idea of some of these basic forms, could you kind of go into some some advice on just like filing? Like what do what are some things to look out for to consider? Well, let's say, um, you know, the, the, so remember, the forms are going to come at the end of January. So you really can't file before then. And some of the if you, again, if you're somebody who has a brokerage account, some stocks and things like that, those forms probably don't come till February 15th. Um, but uh, the filing process is probably something many, many have never done before. If, I think if you make it under fifty-five or 60000 I forget which, which everybody is going to be in this, that situation, you can file your taxes for free online at the IRS website. The IRS website is irs.gov. Can't be much simpler than that. And there will, on the homepage, there will be big flags like individuals, click here and so forth, and it will take you through the process and you can actually fill out the tax form online at the IRS website. In addition, there will be links to various um, services where many of which are free. You can file your state taxes as well. Um, Most people are going to be, we have fellows in New York, Massachusetts, Illinois, Washington, DC, California, and I think all of those have st- every all the states where we have fellows have state taxes. So they've had state taxes taken out of their um, uh, pay every paycheck. So they'll be required to file state tax forms, and you want to do that because you're probably going to get a refund. Um, now, in the for all states and the federal government, the deadline for filing is April 15. But I would encourage everybody to get moving on this at the end of January and make sure they understand it because when money's coming back to you, you want to get that uh, sooner rather than later. Um, so this, again, the process is to go online uh, at, and again, you always start with the federal return, the IRS, because most of the states piggyback off the federal return that many of the, the entries you make on the federal the, 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 when you go to the state uh, returns, they'll say, enter this number from line so-and-so on your federal return. So you got to complete the federal first. You don't have to file it, but you have to complete that. Um, so, the, and th- this may seem like a daunting process, but for those of us who are uh, in the tax world, um, it's, it's pretty straightforward your first year. The most important things one can know are you should read the instructions for the federal and the form you're going to file is form 1040. Everybody files the same form. There are a series of schedules that most of which are not going to apply to you, but I would recommend that everybody go to the IRS website, uh, click 
on find the instructions for form 1040 download those and save them to your desktop and read through them before you start the taxes they're going to seem you're going to going to seem daunting but remember not that many lines apply to you in most of our discussion we're going to assume for simplicity and i think it applies that most <clears throat> our fellows are single with no children and they don't own a home that's probably a fair does that sound like a fair assumption <laughs> yeah i would say that yeah um and and that keeps things fairly simple um and again what what when you go through the federal forms and uh um go through the process as i said you'll find out that the bottom line will be are you expecting a refund or is there a balance due you owe the government <clears throat> the second step would be to file uh your state tax forms and uh depending on where you live that yeah, you same process you'll go to the state or the the link will take you to the state the forms will have different numbers illinois the form is il-1040 for example that makes it pretty simple new york not so simple it's uh, it 201 or 203 every state's going to be different so that just gives you a little bit of roadmap, uh, roadmap of how you start yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you. So yes. most of our fellows um, have moved to different states. So how do we how do we manage our taxes when we have straddled two states in one year? Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's a good, ex a, a, a very good example of things that people need to consider. For most states, consider you a resident as opposed to a non-resident, if you have spent 183 days in a state, uh, which is half a year, right? So if you started your fellow, it, it's uh, pretty straightforward if you started your fellowship June 1st. If you started July 1st, you kind of have to count the days and so forth. But generally, you'll you'll be a resident of this, either a resident or a part-year resident of the state where you work. If you work in Chicago, you're an Illinois state resident. But in a very peculiar um, tax situation, if you worked on campus and got a, had a job on campus and had income while you were in New Jersey, you were probably never a New Jersey resident. Under the tax law, you're a resident of the state where your parents live um, until you leave to go to your next state. So you, you would, if you're required to file a New Jersey return for that campus income, you would file a non-resident return. Um, if you have a summer job and that's in a third state, you you might have to file there. You can you can go to each state's website and see whether. Uh, you're required to file a return. And it, th this is a very tricky question. Um, and if I would encourage fellows that if they're uh, unclear about this, they can shoot me an email and we can figure out. Because in practice, with uh, when, when I do taxes for clients, I get out a piece of paper and I draw a timeline 
okay, January 1, where did you live? When did you move? When did you live in the next state and so forth to determine what their residence is and when they when and where they had income? And but again, uh, the, the quirky thing is most fellows were probably never never a resident of the state of New Jersey, technically, unless their parents lived there and they you know went to high school in New Jersey. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, I mean, you, you touched upon, again, straddling different states. And if fellows have potentially like more than one job, they have to make sure they're collecting all these forms. But I guess I have a question for if we have fellows, like historically, we've had fellows that are on OPT status or that are on visas. So is there any implications for that for taxes? Yes, there are. It, 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 most of the situations I've come across that you folks have brought to my attention oftentimes is uh, Canadians who are on an F-1 visa. Then that usually, an F-1 usually has a five-year um, uh, period and which covers sort of four years of uh, being a student and a year of practical training. Um, and F-1s, you know, uh, people from other countries get F-1s and other visas too. People who are on a visa are their taxes are going to be a little tricky. They probably should seek uh, professional advice. Um, their parents may know how their taxes get returned. They're going to, they're typically going to file something called a, a non-resident return and the tax treatment is going to be a little different there. Um, and I would recommend that fellows, if they're on a visa, uh, that, that they get uh, some professional advice early on they're with withholding social security status might be a little different and their filing status will be different. So that's something that's important to know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, can you give us a quick walkthrough, um, around calculating our taxes, maybe give us an example of, of what our, a specific example on how our tax return would look for someone who makes under 50, 60,000? Sure. Um, you know, I've kind of kind of conjured up in my mind an example that might be useful. Um, let's assume that a fellow started work on July 1st, you know, so it's going to be half a year. That'll make you a resident of the state of Illinois or wherever it is you um, started your fellowship. And let's just assume for simplicity that the annual salary is $36,000, so they're going to make $18,000 for half a year. I hope that makes sense. Well, and again, as we established earlier, we're going to assume that all our fellows are single with no children and they don't own a home. Well, in that situation, the, the fellow would gather all their documents, the W-2, the main W-2 from their fellowship employer is going to be most of their income. They might have a few 1099s for some interest from the bank, um, They maybe some tutoring income, things like that. But let's just assume right now for simplicity, 18000 is the income. You get a W-2, which has $18,000 in income. Well, then you'd start filling out the lines on the tax return and you'd add a little interest in if you have that and so forth, but you add up the income and then there, there are certain allowable deductions. There's something called the standard deduction. That's a no questions asked deduction from your income 
that everybody gets, um, depending on their status, the amount is determined by their status. If you're a single individual for 2018, the standard deduction is a flat amount of 12,002. Now, and that amount is not prorated for half a year if you only worked half a year. So what happens is, um, in your first year of employment, you work half a year, but you get this full standard deduction of 12,002. If you subtract 12,002, which the, the instructions will tell you how to do this, uh, there's going to be a line which says subtract 12,002 from 18,000. That ends up, the number you get is 5,800. 5,000, and that's going to be your taxable income for the year. Well, uh, I happen to know that the tax table and the federal tax table says that on the first 5,800, the tax rate is going to be 10%. So the tax is 580. Then you'll, you will enter how much tax was actually withheld. Your W-2 will have said federal tax withheld. You will enter that number. Let's say they took out 13 paychecks, $100 a paycheck for federal tax. $1,300. Whoa. You pay $1,300, but your tax is only $580. Whoopee, you get a refund. The difference is a refund of $720. That's a good outcome. Um, and uh, remember that, that anybody, if anybody's you know, math oriented, the tricky thing to know about taxes is they're not linear. Two, two things make them not linear. You get that flat 12-2 standard deduction, whether you worked a half a year or a full year. If you were to stay on and work a full year in 2019 and you make 36,000 in our example, it's 36,000 minus 12-2. The 12-2 doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. It doesn't go down for half a year, it doesn't go up for a full year. It's a flat number. So therefore, we're getting into nonlinear territory and the tax rates after you subtract the deduction, it's about the first 9,500 is taxed at 10%. The amount above 9,500 up to a higher limit is taxed at 15%. Now, your withholding will adjust automatically. You still may likely be in a refund position, but it's not the order of magnitude is not going to be near as big because that 12-2 is a flat amount. Does that make some sense so yeah, far? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think these these are definitely helpful uh, examples for our fellows. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the fellows before we close out? Um, I would just say to uh, encourage people they, to, when they're doing their taxes, it's important to read the instructions and answer uh, most of these programs that you do online. They're a, a Q&A type of situation. Did you have this? Enter that. Yeah. And one needs to read every line to make sure that they're not missing anything. Uh, and uh, it, it, these are not daunting. Um, the concepts seem to be daunting, but I think for Princeton students, this is something they can certainly handle. And generally, the news is going to be good. So I would uh, I would encourage people to file early because you're probably getting a refund. Um, remember that this first year is anomalous somewhat. However, uh, many of our fellows 
work for their fellowship year and they may be headed off to graduate school, that kind of thing. And so maybe they're only going to have a half year income next year. So that process will repeat again. So I would encourage everybody to uh, go into this positively filing of taxes and, but also caution, don't guess at things. There are resources available. Uh, Alumni Corps can refer you to alumni volunteers such as me. If you have questions, um, you know, if you're doing this, talk to your parents, um, lots of things like that. Uh, but there's some significant money involved. So don't guess, make sure you get it right. And I think the outcomes are going to be good. Yeah, that's a really, really good way of looking at it. Um, and I would also just think that take the time out, like block a little bit on your calendar one day to like sit down and go through it. Cause I know when I've gone through my taxes, it takes a while and you're reading through everything. And I have my little folder where I have all of my different forms in just like one spot, just because if not, I know I'll lose, I'll lose them. Um, but yeah, I think this has been really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so thank you so much, Scott, for your time. Uh, and no for, problem. Um, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, and for just making yourself available for our, our fellows. So again, if fellows you want to reach out to Scott, you can always email him at sftaylor126 at gmail.com. So that's S is in Scott, F is in Frank. Frank. <laughs> T- it's actually Frazier, but. Frazier, okay. And then T-A-Y-L-O-R-126 at gmail.com. And there's also resources in our resource hub about taxes, like some of the tax basics, the language, the different forms, all of that's available online to you as well. Is there anything else you want to say, Bria? No, this has been great. And thanks again to Scott for joining us today. And we look forward to the next episode. Oh, yeah. Thank you all and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. All right, fellows. Until next time. Happy Happy Friday. Friday.